still like you just gotta see the thing with black folks is we gotta support black folks regardless of if we compete on the level of airbnb too many of us are like oh well you know i would mess with airbnb or with noir bnb but airbnb has a better platform and i just like them better that's not what they tell you when they fire your ass they're gonna hire somebody who's less qualified who is not nearly as educated as you who's not as competent as you because they look like them not because they're not hiring the best and the brightest you got to be damn near perfect for them to pick you over their own we we aren't like that though we're like oh man i mean i would mess with that black restaurant but blah 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 and that's what we're losing man that's what we can't get that's what we, that's what we aren't competing we're not playing the the same game as everybody else everybody else is like i'm gonna choose us over everybody else we're like i'm gonna choose the best over us right 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 that's the problem and with that it's tweet talk episode 20 wow it's lit that's crazy though man yeah man man from a just an idea ahead so now we 20 episodes in crazy crazy, man you just start something just keep going it just adds up just and i like going back and listening to the old shows um we talked about some really cool stuff it's not like we're just i would think that we would talk about the same stuff over and over again but we kind of touch different topics yeah and sometimes i think about man this this podcast needs a lot of work and then the other day i listened to the very first episode and i listened to myself i'm like wow i didn't realize how much i improved over the very first one like right yep i didn't think it was that big a difference man you improved by doing the work man not by over here trying to say i need to be the best podcast host ever no you became a good podcast host by hosting a podcast Right. I'm thinking I got I got a couple of interviews from this other thing I was working on that the other person they haven't moved on it yet. And I'm trying to figure out what the heck I'm gonna do with these interviews. They're pretty good interviews that I did with some some really good black entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I mean it was rough because I didn't I didn't know what I was doing or whatever, but the people I interviewed were amazing. But it is somebody else's platform, but they haven't launched it yet months later. And this is from before we started this podcast together. Mm-hmm. And I guess they were, they're kind of looking for perfection. F, F, F them. F no. perfection, man. I don't believe in that shit. I hate, I hate the word perfection. I still rock with them, but it's like, I haven't talked to them in a little bit, but they haven't reached out to me either. I'm like, they can go to what? hell, man. <laughs> well, like you said, focus on production, not perfection. Yeah, damn right. Because the world is not lacking perfection. It's lacking people who just are willing to do stuff. People who are willing to start that business with just a regular backpack and then it grows into to doing big. It's such a hack, man. But I think the problem is people are unwilling to be out there looking foolish. And that's why they never start with what they have. And 
that's I'm just like I'm, I'm totally against perfection. I'm against us saying, "Hey, I have this idea. I'm gonna close the gap with this idea, and then take an action with what you have." Yeah, man, I can relate, man. You don't want to look foolish out there, but I, I guess it happens to everybody at some point. Gotta get over that fear. Yep. F people, man. <laughs> and to keep pushing this for a little bit, you also said production pays. Focus on being productive, not being accepted. If mm. you're productive, you can take your chance to South Beach when the time comes. Productive people have options. Accepted people are only safe as long as they kiss enough ass. <laughs> I um I take that approach in life, man. Um, I mean, where I work right now in the law firm, we are kind of um, valued based on how productive we are. And so I've found that like my skill set is just by doing a lot of work and being great and never turning down an opportunity. And in doing so, you become the linchpin. You become indispensable. You become somebody who they can't afford to let go because the clients love you. You're very, very good at your work. And that gives you security that gives you um, the comfort of knowing that at the very least you have your base established for me I never see a job as wealth I see it as the base that allows me to create wealth mm -hmm. and so I just come across a lot of people who it's they come into the firm and they're not happy with the firm and I'm like the firm is in me I'm me I'm the brand of me I walk around there like the mother effing man I got the fresh suit. I got all this stuff. I conduct myself professionally. Like I, I stand head and shoulders above the firm. I make the firm me. I don't allow me to be dictated by the firm. And so for me, it's like, there's so many people who come and they're like trying to be liked or they're trying to, and this, this kind of pertains to like, not just on the job or in business, but this pertains to like just being in America it's like the book said, he said, there's no race that can add value to the world that will be long criticized or condemned. Like at some point in time, they're going to love you because you're just productive. You're adding value. You're bringing value to the marketplace. Um, and that's what it's about. I'm encouraging people to, instead of getting people to be nice to you, be productive so they have no choice but to do business with you because you have the best product. You are a hustler. You get it done. And they can't really exist without you that's what we should be aiming for I always tell people like don't aim for people to be like to you don't aim for people to be nice to you aim to be great aim for them to not have a choice whether they want to deal with you um, we had an issue where we had this motion come up and we had to oppose the motion and we ended up getting sanctioned and they were trying to figure out why we got sanctioned and they're saying well I thought opposing counsel said they're going to take the motion off a of calendar and I told them I was like I don't want our legal strategy to be contingent upon somebody to be nice to us. Like that is not how you win in life. Your success cannot be contingent upon somebody else giving you the okay. I put out a, a, an Instagram post today. I was talking about like, don't allow other people to determine your worth and determine your confidence. B build yourself up, hype yourself up. And that's what I do my all the time. Like people hate it. I'm gonna call myself a millionaire. I'm gonna talk shit about how great I am. And I don't give a fuck if you agree or you disagree, you can go to hell. Because I believe in me. You just got to believe in you. And the crazy part about it is I always tell people, like, there's people who they really can't even give you your due because they're in low-key competition with you. So if you're out here trying to get your props, your value, your, your acceptance for people who are in competition with you, 
you're never going to get it. So I, I, I realized that I hacked it. I was like, that's stupid. If, if I want me to feel good about me, I can't allow somebody else's opinion about me to determine how I feel because they're biased. They're low key measuring themselves against you. And you're over here like, oh, I'm going to keep reducing me to a low level. That's because they want to be above you. That doesn't mean that you are at that low level. So you got to take your power back. And that's what being productive, being productive allows you to do. I was pulling into the parking lot this morning and I realized, or this afternoon, this evening, and I realized like I was talking to my mom and I was telling her I needed to do some things. And she was like, well, the way you do that is you do this. And I was like, my family's always been like this. They've never been like, oh yeah, you're a victim or, oh yeah, they're trying to hold you down. There's like, get it done, bro. And so I realized like, that's just the mentality of my family. It's not a, what was us? It can't be done. It's hard history is slavery, blah, blah, blah. It's like, bruh, get it done. And the crazy part about it is I tell people like, I have an unfair advantage because I've seen it done. My family has done it through generations only because we just did the work. We didn't get favorable circumstances. We didn't get free money. We just did the work. We got it done. We were productive. And so what I'm telling the listeners is that's the approach that you have to take no matter what it is. I was thinking about this today because I was on, a, on a, an HBCU Capital podcast and people look up to me, but I'm no different than them. I just produce. I put out content. I create businesses. I consume. I educate. I give away value. And that's what has allowed me to become head and shoulders over, over other people is the fact that I just am willing to create and take it to market, whether it's a course whether it's a blog, whether it's a podcast, whether it's an investment club, whether it's a rental property, I'm just willing to produce. And, and, that, and that's what pays. As we get older, what matters is what are you doing? What are you producing? But the crazy part about it is I was talking to a younger dude. He's not that much younger than me, but he was talking about like, I told him, I was like, every time I walk into this firm, I'm here from eight until seven. I work an 11 hour day and I still have my own business and I still do things in the evenings and the weekends. I was like, but what else is there to do but work? I have nothing else to do but work at all. We're at a certain age where like, there's nothing to do but work. But the benefit is that's where the wealth comes from. That's where the money comes from. That's where the resources come from. It's falling in love with the work, not falling in love with the vacation, not falling in love with the sitting on Netflix and chill. So I just want to encourage people to produce, bring your product to market, bring your value to the market, create something, change things. And don't just sit on the sidelines waiting for other people to do that work for you. Yeah. Like I said, to be the man, you stay in work mode. 100%. Um, I, I just feel like we've, we've done the math on the show before where taking like an average income of like 25 bucks per hour at like 80 hours a week. It's, it's the numbers are astronomical. You're making six figures at that point. But like I said, you only got to work that hard for a while. And then if you keep your expenses low, then you start putting that money to work for you. And then you start getting passive income coming in on top of your working income. But I just feel like men, we got to be getting after it. Like it's, it's no other option. It's not like, Oh, it's Saturday. So we don't work. I feel guilty. If there's like a day that I'm not working, I'm not getting after it. I don't work in a lot of ways like on weekends to make money. I work so that I don't spend money. And so I don't get the habit, get in the habit of doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we, we said this before in the last podcast, like men should be in position to take care of the household. Men should be in position 
so that no job loss, no layoff, no firing, no recession could take them down. And that's where we got to be. I didn't really get a chance to expand on this, but I feel like a lot of that has to do with like getting a house that you can afford and paying off the debt on that house. So the thing you can be retired, but still go to work or um, building that passive income so that you have other sources of income. A lot of us are only doing enough to be broke. We work enough to be broke. We save enough to be broke. We, we just, people are just like getting by. They're barely getting by and they, 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 they're letting themselves down. They're, they're letting their community down. But I feel like it's our responsibility to take on that burden. But the crazy part about it is when you stay in work mode, you, you hop into growth. And that's the thing is like when you are in work, opportunities come to the worker. Resources and things come to the worker. Now, there are people who bring me deals. Now, there are people who bring us money to invest for them. Now, there are people who are trying to give us more and more opportunities because we're just hustling we're working we're out there getting it and so where you are right now or where you started or where you came from might not be much but it will be if you continue to refine yourself i was thinking about this this uh today and i was thinking like experience as a lawyer makes you a good lawyer it's one thing to have experience it's not to just be a good lawyer and that's what the value is in doing what i do like yeah you're getting experience, yeah, you write emotions, but now it's like, no, we're getting good at writing emotions. We're getting good at, at um, working with clients. We're getting good at pulling the value out of the case. We're getting good at understanding this stuff. So it's one thing to do it and learn it, so that to be great at it. And that's what the work does. The work isn't just about the money. It's not just about the money. It's about the skill set. It's about the connections. It's about the network. It's about the exposure. It's about the opportunities that come from, uh, that stem off of that other work. So like for men, the work is what we should be dedicated to. And one of the most frustrating things is the fact that a lot of us are getting outworked by our women or out-earned by our women. And I feel like if you're getting out-earned by a woman, you better be outworking her. If, if she makes more money than you and she, makes, and she works 40 hours a week, you better be working 60 hours, 70 hours, 80 hours. And one thing that I've found about men when they're married and they're connected to a woman, men don't let women out-earn them if they're connected to them and they're married to them. Like I always talk about like Jay-Z, like Jay-Z, Beyonce is a very high earning woman, but even he out earns her just because like, that's just a man thing to do. And mm -hmm. so I feel like, like you're never going to let your woman outwork you. You're never going to let her out earn you no matter how, how much money she makes. I had other examples. Maybe Will Smith is an example. Um, it just, it's very important. I think that that's one of the reasons why marriage is important and not just dating and not just, like finagling around and talking to a bunch of random chicks on the shallow level. But I just feel like we got to commit, man. Like if we really want what we say we want, we got to commit to the stuff that we don't, that, that hurts today. I did not want to get on that pod on that conference call for HBCU capital. I did not, I didn't want to, but I did it anyway. And I'm realizing like, even as an entrepreneur, there's going to be things you don't want to do, but you got to do anyway. As, as a lawyer, there's things you don't want to do, but you got to do anyway as whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you fall in love with doing the things that you don't want to do, that's where the progress comes. That's where the wealth comes. That's where the, the growth comes is the stuff that you don't want to do. Yeah. And it's funny you talk about um, deals coming to you. I, I think we, it was funny when you uh, posted that post on Instagram, when the, the account hit 33,000 followers. 
and you said we had 33,000 followers now. If we all put in $1,515 each, we could buy this building. And people started saying, oh, I got, Andre Hedge was like, I got 3,000 on it. I right. got fifteen hundred. And you were saying like it's not gonna happen, but it's just it was just like a hypothetical situation where people was, was like mad, like, man, I got fifteen hundred, I got three thousand, let's do it. Right. Yep. That was funny. But, um you said uh well, I mean you were just talking about it, but I think we should touch on it a little bit more. You must become the linchpin within your organization. Got to become the man and be known as the man. Right. I think it's important because like, I think that kind of speaks to what I was saying earlier about as a man, you gotta be, you can't afford, you have to position yourself to where you can't go down. And on one hand, that could look like that could look like paying off your mortgage or hustling up and working a lot more than 40 hours a week or investing. But it can also look like becoming so good at your opportunity and your job that they can't get rid of you. And that makes you indispensable. That makes you unable to be taken down. So we got to commit to that security through our own power, security through our own abilities, not through the abilities of other people being nice to us. And I think that's what it's about. Like when you are really that dude, people still do business with you, even if they like you or not. And if they don't do business with you, you're still going to get to the paper. So I feel like it's a book by Malcolm, not Malcolm Gladwell, but um, dang it. I forget the name of the author. He wrote, um, he wrote the tip. No, I forget what he wrote, but he's very, very famous. And he wrote this book called Lich. Huh? Lynchpin? Yeah. Oh, that's um, that's Seth Godin. Yeah. Seth yeah. So, uh, great author, very very uh, brilliant mind. But that's kind of where I see myself, and that's kind of where like I always tell people that before I didn't really see the value in employment because I've always been like an entrepreneur at heart. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad when I was really, really young, and he talks about that. But I've I've I see the I see the value in doing both. Like there's value in being a great employee and also being a great entrepreneur. And especially as African-American men, we might not have the luxury of just hopping out there and saying, I'm going to build a business because nobody's floating us. Nobody's fronting us. But I'm here to tell you it's possible to do both and to be great at both. And by being great at both, it allow you to have success that is inevitable. Yeah, yeah. And let's talk about what you say. I put myself on a pedestal. Let's talk about why is that? Why is that important? Uh, I think it, it goes to um, the tweet that I just put out that says, hype yourself up. Your confidence doesn't belong in the hands of someone else. Um, I'll never forget. I was, um, there was a, there's an Instagram person and she was on Instagram and I guess they were like going in on somebody and I sent her a message and I was like, Oh, you should chill or something. And she took it out of context. She thought I was like trying to like, like big homie or something. And she made a comment. She was like, Oh, you brag about stuff that isn't that big time. And I realized I was like, I got, 
like these folks, they think that this is just where I plan to stay. That's why I always say like, you didn't think we planned on doing small deals forever, right? Because there are people who will try to push you under their feet when your vision is so much bigger than theirs. My vision has never been a few homes. My vision is not wholesale a few properties. My vision is not just put myself on. The vision for Thai Capital is Blackstone. I tell people that all the time. Like, y'all think small, I think Blackstone. And so think about this. Like, if, if my worth was contingent upon somebody else approving me or affirming me, I wouldn't be shit. Because my entire life I've had people who were not shit trying to hold me back in high school, trying to hold me back in college, trying to hold me back in law school. And I keep rising up and leveling up because fuck them. Fuck them. They can be great for themselves, but as it relates to me and my goals and my life, they can go to fucking hell. I don't give a fuck what they have to say about what I can and can't accomplish, what I can and can't do, what, what's possible for me. They can go to hell. Sometimes successful people think that their way is the only way to success. And if it doesn't look like their way, it can't work. Sometimes successful people think that they have to approve in a form of your plan. Sometimes successful people think they know everything about the space. And that's cool, and I respect them, but it, when they start speaking on my shit, that's when I get pissed off. The reason why me and a lot of people aren't cool isn't because I went after them, it's because they went after me. It's kind of like, I never forget, somebody said something about, like, there's a lot of people out there who aren't cool with me because they only know half of the story. And if they knew the rest of the story, they might, they might, have, a bet, they might have a different opinion about, about you. And so, like, I let it, I let it wash. I'm like, I don't even got to, I don't have to speak on the stuff that I see. I don't have to speak on the stuff that I experience because I know that the truth comes out. I'm genuine. I look out for people. I put people on. I give knowledge away and wisdom away for free. I'm not out of here, like, trying to rape folks and, and roll in my $3,000 course. Like, I am genuinely for the culture. That's why we got the podcast, plural. And I just feel like I want so much out of life that I cannot allow what I get out of life to be determined by another individual. I never forget somebody put out a post and they were talking about how like there is a person at their old job who said they would never do X and now they make way more money than that person who fired them. And so like, for me, it's like, I, I know what I'm capable of. I know what I want out of life and I'm not going to allow anybody human who bleeds the same blood as me to tell me that I can or cannot have it. So therefore I, it's like the choose yourself. I chose me. I chose me. It doesn't matter if you choose me because I chose me. And we've been performing. We've been proving. We've been doing stuff and we're only going to get bigger and better. So now it's like, what's next? Skyscraper levels. I'm trying to get my skyscraper. And the crazy part about that is that's just step one. You didn't think we just planned on renovating old skyscrapers forever, right? Now I want the new shit. I want to build it from the ground up. Mm-hmm. That new development is the big money, right? I mean, it's all big money. You could become a millionaire just by doing a renovation of a skyscraper. But, right, like, right, right. of course, you still want to do, like, I want to build it from the ground just because there's so much opportunity in doing that. Yeah. Um, so, The wind comes, whether they love me or not, I'm going to stay winning. <laughs> That's a Jay-Z line. And I don't know, when, 
it's like a uh what came first what came first the ego or the hate i don't know <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they started hating and then my ego is in response to the hate or if they started hating because of the ego i don't know but i just know that the hate exists but i ran into a lot of opposition in being me because i'm unapologetically me i am a black republican who doesn't come from struggle or poverty and people don't like that because a lot of times we identify black as struggle and poverty and I don't identify, but they want me to identify. But nevertheless, I've just found that like it was a Jay-Z line and it resonates with me because he was like, I'm, I think this is kind of like the, the topic of this whole show. And maybe you did this on purpose, but I'm not looking for you to love me or hate me. Because I'm a win, period. But I'm a win because of this. I'm a win because I'm productive. I'm a win because I walk into the office from 8 until 7. I'm a win because I stay busy at nighttime. I'm going to win because I read a lot of books. I'm a win because I take a lot of action. I'm a win because I'm willing to put myself out there. And so you could love me or you could hate me. But that doesn't determine whether I win. What determines whether I win is if I'm productive. What determines whether I win is if I'm creative if I'm consuming new content, if I'm learning new stuff, if I'm creating opportunities for other people, that's what determines that I win. I don't want people to do business with me because they like me or they dislike me. Like, that's one thing I found is like, I don't, we're not friends. We are not friends. We're not homies. We don't got to like each other. The numbers just got to make sense. There are so many people that they want to do business as friends because it allows them to do crappy business. Like, no, if the numbers don't make sense, fam, it's a no go. I don't care if I know you. I don't care if you're my cousin. Like, if the numbers don't make sense, you got to go. And that's just that's just business. I've had that conversation with the barber. I've had that conversation with my mentor. I've had that conversation with my contractor. I never forget with the contractor, he was asking, like, before he was like, oh, man, you just got to trust me. I was like, fuck trust. It's ain't about trust. It's about business. I need a contract. I need a copy of a driver's license. I need all that shit. I, it's not about trust and that's kind of what that is is like I, I separate success from people liking me and that's a win because the thing the reason why I say that is this if we live in a society where people don't like you by default you still gotta like do what you have to do to win right so there's people who will say oh we can't win because they don't like us I'm saying you could like me you cannot like me you could hate my skin or you could not hate my skin. You could hate my hair, you could not hate my hair. But I'm a win regardless. I'm gonna go out because I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna be creative. And so, like, on one hand, it pertains to like a lot of people that I run across who are just like, I hate Charles, he's this, he's that, which I've experienced my entire life. But another, it's response to all the stuff that I see on the internet where people are saying, Oh, we can't win because of racism. Oh, the cops this, oh, the judge that. Like, no, like if I ran into a police officer, I'm going to do what I have to do to do what I got to do. Meaning that like I ran into a cop and I'm cordial, I'm polite, and I've never had a negative interaction with the cops. He can love me or he can hate me, but I'm going to still leave. I'm not going to be in some handcuffs. I'm not going to be getting shot. Y'all going to be protesting for me. And that's what I tell people is like, we got to do what we got to do to win. Whether they like us or not. Too many of us are like, oh, if only they liked us, then we could get well. If only they liked us, then we could not get shot. Like, they, they don't like you, fam. Like, what's the solution? They don't like you. 
what are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit there and beg for them to like you? Or are you going to do what you got to do so that you can win despite them liking you? That's what power is. Dr. Claude Anderson said, power is the ability to get things done despite resistance. That means that resistance is implied. And that's why we always say that like race, racism isn't about, what's, how do we say it? Racism isn't your problem. The lack of power is your problem. That's the problem. It's not racism. We don't have a race issue. We have a, we don't have power issue. And that's why I always push ownership. That's why I always push entrepreneurship because we need power. We need the ability to say, hey, I'm going to hire you and give you a job. I'm going to house you, make sure your rent doesn't go up. I'm going to dictate what goes on in our communities. It's not a, it's not a money issue. It's not because money is only used in, in the replace of power. Money is effectively power. So I say all that to say that the real reason why I promote that isn't just as it pertains to like people liking me. It's as it pertains to like the race as a whole. We got to focus on getting things done despite resistance. That means we're supposed to experience resistance. That means we're supposed to experience them not liking us, but we still got to win. We still have to win. The goal is to win, not to get them to like us because they can like you all you want, but if you broke and poor, then who cares if they like you? We've gotten all these laws passed and folks poorer than ever. Civil rights, voting rights, this and that, and folks just poor and destitute. But people, people don't hate them anymore. They can't call you the N-word anymore. They can't keep you out of their shop anymore. Like, did you really want them to like you? Are, are we going to protest for more laws for them to like us? That's not what I want. Mm. That's not power. That's being a little B. <laughs> One of the tenets of the uh, Tweet Talk podcast, don't be a little B. Facts. And we'll be right back. I think we I think we need to have like a little um segment on this podcast called like Mobile Barbershop Chronicles. Like what's going <laughs> like what's going on this week with the mobile barbershop in Georgia? Man, the mobile barbershop. So last week I actually got into like an argument with the with the guy. Um, I'm not sure if I told you this, but I hit him up and I was like, what's going on, man? He like, yeah. he's yeah, supposed to pay about it. Yeah, he's supposed to pay rent. And he was like, oh, man, the alternator needs to get fixed. And so his thing and what a lot of tenants do is they try to find repairs to offset them paying the rent. Which is just like very, very frustrating. And so as we're talking he tells me that the reason why the alternator went out is because they were trying to hook up the video cameras and they wanted it to go to the battery so that they could run when the, when the truck's not on. And so basically he killed the, he killed the alternator, but they wanted me to pay for it. And so we kind of went back and forth and he was like, he started yelling, started acting real niggerly. And I told him, I was like, bro, like I don't do business. Like I don't do the nigga shit. I don't do nigga shit. Like, we have a contract that says this. That means we do this. And he was just like, man, the truck this, the truck that, this, that, this, that. And he was just like being, doing what tennis do. And I was like, you know what, bro? Like, at first, we kind of agreed to just like 
call it quits. And I was like, you know, what, bro, like, just take the drug back. I'll give you the money for the parts, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, man, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And I was like, honestly, I don't want to do that either. I'd rather us just run a business as a business. And so I told him, I was like, you know what? I'll contact you on Monday. On Monday, I hit him up. I was like, you know what? Just run it. Run the truck as is. And I feel like I just need to be patient. And I just let them run the truck and let them get it going. And um, we'll assess it in maybe six months. And so I didn't want to be too anxious. I feel like that's what a lot of people do in business that kills them is they, they like try to force the process. And a lot of my partners are like, oh, man, what's going on? What's this? What's that? And so he's done a lot of work. He's replacing the alternator. He's put a whole new AC system in there. So a part of me is also like I'd rather him run the truck and at least get his money worth out of the repairs that he did. And then in six months, if it doesn't work out, let's call it quits. I don't have to worry about kind of cutting him a check for like two grand. But right mm-hmm. now it's just like, let's run it. And I'm not, I don't want to talk to him. I find that like, it's not my responsibility to talk to him because when you are the decision maker, it makes it a, the discussion different. If he's talking to somebody who's like, you know what? I, I would help you if I could, but it's not my call. Then it's a different, it's a different conversation. Right? So it's kind of like that idea of you're always the property manager, but never the owner. If I call somebody and they, they know that like I'm the person that has kind of the final say, then the conversation isn't as productive. It becomes a, oh, this and that. I got to pay you late because of this. I got like, if it's just like a property manager, like that's not the policy. This, the contract you signed says this. So pay this. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where we are. He is supposed to provide receipts, didn't provide, provide receipts. It's really frustrating and it's a headache. And like I said, I don't know why it is, but like doing business with your own is just very frustrating. Very frustrating. Wow. And that's this week's Chronicles. Wow. Okay. Why is he, why is he so concerned about security cameras? What are cameras uh, for? Well, oh, I mean. His, his thing is, he's like, I want to make sure that we have cameras so that we can monitor it. He wants me to be able to monitor the ongoings of the shop since we're technically business partners and we split everything 50 50, which I don't really trust him in that regard, but that's the reason why. Mm-hmm. My thing is I just want us to run the shop. I want us to go park it somewhere, put out flyers, say, Hey, we're cutting hair, hair here, come get cut. Not this whole, it sits there for the whole week. until this time to do a special event. If that's the case, we got to charge them $2,000 in rent. Okay. All right. Wow. Okay. So moving on. Mm-hmm. You also said you also said as an entrepreneur, you have to be a good person and treat everyone well. That is one thing that I learned just from uh, one of my mentors. Is she's very pleasant. She cares if she's liked. And I know this kind of conflicts with what I've been saying throughout the episode, but I think that there's different relationships. There's a relationship with your customer. There's a relationship with like random motherfuckers. And so like with her, I found that like, she like literally goes out of the way to make sure that everybody loves her. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I I feel like you just, you, you have to be that guy. I noticed that with the, the owner of the firm, he never reprimands anybody. He reprimands through his managers. So it's not my job to have that conversation with the, the, the tenants. 
it's the manager's job to have that conversation with the tenants. I'm supposed to just be like the nice, friendly person so they don't try to kill my business. But that's all I have to really say about that one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. He also said a leader's job is to turn people into teams. <laughs> I've been I've been listening to um been listening to a lot of Robert Kiyosaki books lately. And you know, business and investing is a team sport. And so he was just talking about how like as an entrepreneur you have to create that team. You got to take these individuals and you got to make them function together to accomplish that goal. And I found that that's kind of what I do. Like I had to connect Gabe and Lance because Lance does one aspect of property management and Gabe does another. I had to connect Candace and her sales team so that she can kind of manage the sales team. And so I'm putting the pieces together of the team. And the goal also is to kind of get my mom, who's like the CFO of the organization, to then have people who report to her. So now she has somebody who does the bookkeeping, somebody who does the the preliminary tax work. And that's kind of like where we are as we grow and scale and we turn this into Blackstone and we create millionaires. Mm-hmm. He said if you want to become a billionaire, if you want to become a billionaire, you got to create a bunch of millionaires. And so I'm trying to create a bunch of millionaires. Makes sense. Makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Well, you did say, cannot stop the worker, Millie. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. All right, see, so you said, um, fam, results are the only thing that matter. Not words, not promises, not hope, results. So this tweet was in regard to Donald Trump and Obama. Um, I voted for Obama twice, voted for Donald Trump once, and plan to vote for Donald Trump again. But my thing is this. A lot of people are so anti-Trump, but Trump has been making stuff happen. African-American people are building businesses. We're buying real estate. We're promoting marriage. We're becoming educated. Those are the results that you were supposed to get through Obama. But we got a bunch of words, really, really good speeches, a lot of hope, a lot of nice pictures. And I feel like that frustrates me because there's this never ending onslaught against Donald Trump, despite the good that he's doing. So my thing is, instead of looking at what somebody says, look at what they do. That's one part. Another is there's a lot of people on social media who talk or who argue or who contradict or hop in your mentions. And my thing is this, I speak with my body of work. I speak with the things that I've done and am doing. So I'm not going to argue with you. You might agree. You might disagree, but that's another thing that I said. I was like, don't show me your disagreement. Show me your results. Show me what you've done. Everybody can say, I disagree with that. I disagree that single moms, Blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, show me the data that supports your theory because the data doesn't support it. The data shows that that unfortunately kind of creates um, unfavorable circumstances for the children. And so my thing is like, whenever I say something about like single moms, people get outraged. I can't believe you said that. 
that's not true. This guy is so stupid. Like the data says it. I'm not, I'm not making this up. I'm just telling you the data says statistically that when you have these circumstances, you get this outcome. And so for me, I just, I, I just feel like we got to look at that. We got to look at what does the data say? What do the results say? What does the production say? What does the numbers on the scoreboard say? And we need to make our moves based on actual real results, not what sounds good or looks good or feels good. And when we start doing that, we'll see real progress. Mm. Okay, results. It's all about results. So let's talk about this one for a second. Um, you said the long game of a degree pays off. What do you mean by that one? Um, a lot of times people, they hop on, they hop on Twitter and they'll say, you paid $40,000 for a degree that pays you $30,000. And I'm like, they're not going to make $30,000 forever, you dummy. All of my friends are just stepping into opportunity after, after opportunity after opportunity. I have friends who started out at a college working as personal bankers with their degree and they became branch managers. And now they're like working towards becoming a regional manager. Same degree, same $40,000. Now they make 120. I have friends who went to college and they got a degree in education and they started working for um, as like resident coordinators, which is like the person who's over the RA. And now they're like resident directors and going on to becoming deans. Same degree, same $40,000. Now they're making 120 a year. And so I feel like in a, it's, it's so ignorant, the conversation that gets passed around, everybody talks about like, I'm not going into debt $40,000 to make $30,000 a year. Like you dummy, you are only looking at what's in front of your nose. You're not looking at what you're going to make 10 to 15, 20 years from now. And a lot of us, we only really look at life like that because we're comparing ourselves to rappers and athletes. We're like, oh man, this guy has all these cars and all these jewelry and he's only 25 years old. That means I need to have that at 25 years old. And you probably won't ever get that at 25 years old, but you might get it at 45 years old. And too many of us are playing that I need to have it next year game and not that I can have it in 10 years for sure game. And if we aim for that, that's how we'll really win. Like we need to aim at what can I accomplish in 10 years? It's like the quote says, a lot of us overestimate what we can get in one year and underestimate what we can get in five years. And so for me, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, dang, I'm 33. I have some cool stuff going for myself now, but imagine where I'll be at 35. Imagine where I'll be like, if I keep doing the same stuff, just chopping the wood, buying a home after home after home, like by 35, if we're buying a home per month, we'd own 40 doors. We're not out here like, I got to get 40 doors in six months. Like, that's what most people, they're like, I got to get, I got to be, I got to get all my cash flow in six months. I need to be retired. And by 2021, I got to be a millionaire by 30. Like, bro, like, if you would just say, I need to be a millionaire, period. I got to be a millionaire by 50. You'll for sure get there. But if you're over here trying to rush the process, you're going to skip, skip steps. You're going to do some not good stuff. Um, and I just feel like that's not what you, what you want to be. And so for me, we got to play the long game. We got to play the long game we're investing. And that's what I tell my partners all the time. Like they're over here like, oh man, we got rent this month. I need my check. I'm like, bro, like we got a business to run. This is a business. It's not a, I, I, I made money so I got to spend it. 
I made money, so you need to send it to me. Like we're running an actual organization. And by them listening to me, now we get to scale. Now we get to say, okay, now we got X amount of money in stacked reserves. Let's go buy a few more homes with this money instead of saying, oh yeah, well, we distributed 15 grand, 20 grand last year. So we got to make some more money. Like, no, the crazy part about real estate though, is you can blow your money and get it right back. Like real estate is such a, it's crazy because the tenants still got to pay. And after a while, they stop bugging you. You fix a few things, they stop bugging you. So every time I, like, I feel like if you spend like a thousand dollars every six months, you'll be good. You, you knock out a major repair and they're happy. Like, Oh yeah, thanks for getting that done. They leave you alone for six months. And so it kind of just comes with the cost of doing business, two grand a year, like 200 bucks a month or 200 bucks a month. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what I had to say about that. Okay. That's a little different than I expected, but that's cool. Cause I was what thinking like, brother, were you no, cause when, yeah, when you said the long game of the degree, I'm thinking more of like the, the four years that it takes to get it, the long hours of studying, the patience. Well, I mean, it does. And my mom and I, we always had this conversation where we talk about like a degree is more than just the piece of paper. A degree is more than just the salary. A degree is the inner circle. A degree is becoming somebody who can delay gratification. And that translates across the board in almost any experience. Like if you can delay gratification, you can win in exercise, you can win in dieting, you can win in a lot of areas. If you're somebody who can uh, tackle challenges, you're going to win in every area. And so a degree isn't just about, oh, I have a BA, give me money. It's like, who did you become? It's like the process. People focus on the goal and not the process. The process is more important than the actual prize. And that's what we need to focus on. So that, but also I'm just trying to tell people like, yeah, you're looking at their entry level salary. Yeah, you're looking at like stuff that is like kind of basic, but I'm like, my wife has a degree, which means she comes from a good family, which means that we're actually gonna be able to build something together. It means we're gonna have stability, understanding, control. I know that she's on the same mindset as me. She can delay gratification. She can focus on a goal and get it done. That is worth more than money. Mm. Okay. Let's take a quick break. This is Elwood of Mindset Matters Tees. We offer merchandise with quotes that help shape your mindset. You can find us at www.mindsetmatters.tees. T-E-E-S dot com. So good. Now, you said the people that retire early are not the people that are afraid of work. I feel like we've discussed this on this show before, but... um you don't really find too many rich people. Like the crazy part about rich people, right? Is they don't got to work. Tyler Perry doesn't have to work. Oprah doesn't have to work. Michael Jordan doesn't have to work. And so what I found is like, these people don't work for money. They work because they love work. I don't work for money. I work because I just enjoy working. I enjoy being productive. I don't like sitting at home and doing nothing. I don't like weekends. I don't like vacations. That whole vacation, I was working. I was on vacation making money, on a boat, making money. I was on a boat making money 
like, on the beach, making money, on the beach, doing deals, talking to Cedric about what we're going to do with the business. Like, I am committed to the work, and that's why I'm successful. I'm not successful because I just did a bunch of work because I didn't really like doing the work, and now I'm done. Like, no, like, people, it's very difficult to do something and not like doing it and do it well. And that's why they always tell you to do something that you love because, mm-hmm. like, if you don't love it, you're going to be competing against somebody who does love it, and they're going to be studying that stuff at 2 o'clock in the morning because they enjoy it not because they're just tolerating it. And for me, like for the bar for so long, it was just something I was tolerating it. And now that I'm in a firm, like, and the law actually directly impacts my life, like it's way different now. It's way different. And so I would just say that like, that's kind of what I was saying there. Cool, cool, cool. Speaking of the bar, um, just to let the listeners know, we will be pushing back the Black Men Wealth Conference a little and bit. I think we're going to do it virtually. I think I want to do it virtually so that'll allow us to to really, it, if, if, we, if we commit to doing it virtually, I can get all of my really, really dope friends to get on there. Like Chris Senegal can do something. Um, Pocky can I can bring Pocky in, um, maybe bring in House by and Brian, bring in some really really good people, and have them kind of just speak on their expertise, but strictly to black men. And I feel like that'll help us. Like I mean, these days, on the lowest of keys, like trying to do a whole conference is kind of silly in the first place. And so I think that if we plan it that way, we sell tickets, we we pay the people who are going to speak. I think we can do a, a we can do something well, and we could potentially get even more speakers. We can definitely get Dr. Boyce. We don't got to worry about flying people out, no hotels. It's just log on, speak for your hour, and go back to what you're doing. And the goal is just to uplift the people. But yeah, I had to push it back because it was conflicted with the bar exam. Can't have that. Mm. We gotta we gotta make it happen, Rafael. It's gonna take work, but bless a black man and tweet talks. We can do it. Ty Capital, HPC, Realty, let's do it. We get it done. We get it done. Um, you said, I mean, I think you touched on this a little bit tonight, but uh, run your race. Don't rush the process. I think we touch um, on this every now and then anyway. We did, but I think what I was talking about is how, like, sometimes we can get caught up looking at other people and also the revelation for this tweet came from like just i was sitting there thinking i was like bro like i am kind of a credentialed person and i can't get caught up in the i need to have this by this age i need to get caught up on i need to be great period i gotta put one foot in front of the other and become a great attorney as opposed to like trying to get rich right so it's like my goal is to just become great at what I'm doing, stick to the process, grind it out, touch everything that I can touch. Because I mean, the things that I'm doing on my job now, like I've gotten good at doing. And that means something because now I'm getting good at becoming, I'm getting good at litigation, which is a very, very high value skill. We talked about this before, like the job is worth this, but the the skills are worth millions. And so I need to get good at those skills then I can take those skills to the market. And so um, 
I just, I wanted to focus on the process. I don't want to focus on the prize again. And I feel like if we just focus on that, I'll never forget, I was listening to the Prince Donnell podcast and he was talking about marriages day by day. And so many of us are like, I need to have a happily ever after. I need to have a marriage that's always happy and not like, I need to focus on loving my wife every day and being a great husband every single day because the past doesn't matter and tomorrow never, and tomorrow never really comes. So day by day, I got to make sure that I'm dedicated to the process of being a good husband. And if I dedicate to being a good husband every day, I'll get the good marriage. If I dedicate to being a dope attorney every day, I'll get wealthy. If I dedicate to studying the bar and dominating the bar every day, not pass, don't focus on passing the bar, focus on dominating the day. That's why Notre Dame has that, that saying, win the day, win the day. Actually, that's a, it's Oregon, win the day. Like when the day and the days become weeks, the weeks become months, the months become years, the years become a lifetime, when every single day. And so that's what I'm focused on. I'm focused on like the process. Just dominating the process. And then you look up and you're like 20 episodes in and you're like, dang, like I'm a good podcast host. (laughs) That's the way it happens. Focus on the process. You understand? Money doesn't solve money problems. I think a lot of people don't understand that one. Yeah, it's it. So, like I said, I've been reading a lot of Kiyosaki. There's a Kiyosaki quote. And another thing that he said is he said that, I want to say that he said that money, uh, what was it? Basically, he was saying like the lack of money isn't the only cause of poverty which is kind of what this speaks to is money doesn't solve your problems. Your mindset solves your problems. A lot of people get money and they spend it. And it wasn't that they are broke because they didn't have money. It's because they value maybe stuff over their money or they couldn't control their emotions. Like another quote says, you can't control your emotions. You can't control your money. And so I think that like, Throwing more money, it reminded me of that quote people always talk about, like, if you can't manage $1,000, you can't manage $100,000. And on one hand, I think that's stupid. But on the other hand, like, it makes sense. Like, what happens when people, like, you ever see those athletes who they get a lot, like, people always say, like, oh, man, they're so rich. They got all this money. Like, they'll never be poor. But the problem is, when you're poor, you eat another dollar menu. When you get rich... Mm -hmm you forget the dollar menu exists. <laughs> so it's very easy to spend all your money when you get a lot of money because your, your habits change, your lifestyles change. At that point in time, you're like, I got to wear a new pair of sneakers every day. I can't be repeating sneakers. And so people always compare wealth to like their current circumstances and spending habits because right now you might spend 10 grand a year. And so you're thinking that if I get 10 million, I'm only going to spend 10 grand a year. Like, no, you're not. You're probably going to spend like a million a year because now you only fly first class. Now you only drink champagne when you're thirsty. Now you do stuff like that. And so I think that that's the problem is, is it's not the money. It's how we value money. And that's why one of my favorite quotes is that Jewish people realize that money is not the power to buy things. Money is power in and of itself. And so if we could grasp that, we would realize like when you get money, you get power, but it's not power to buy things, it's power to own things. So therefore, if you get this fat salary and you turn it into cash flow, you can spend the cash flow. 
But if you get that fat salary and you turn it into stuff, you are foolish. You'll never get that money again. You'll never get a signing bonus like that again. And I mean, there's some athletes that, that do it, but those are like, like Deion Sanders is one of a kind. Emmitt Smith is one of a kind. There are a lot of athletes out there that aren't those dudes who are broke as fuck right now. Yeah. Yeah. Time to start wrapping up. Lit. But, uh, yeah. Just want to touch on a couple of things that we stress pretty much all the time. Basically, tweet talks, tenants, like tweet talk, talking points that we always have. I am yeah. the source. Yeah. Put yourself on a pedestal. Know that you are what makes a difference. You can take any idea. It could be trucking. It could be real estate or whatever. But you are the source. You got to make it work. And don't be a little B. Don't be a little B. Start a little business. Yep. Do the work. Do the work. The work is the reward itself. The work itself is the reward. Amen. Chase the work, not the reward. Yep. Another thing we stress is well, huh? Well, I love the pro the process. Focus on yep. the process. And supportive so black, black men. Black men supporting black men. Yep. Bless a black man at all times. Because ain't nobody gonna save us but us. That's it. Nobody's gonna save us but us. Do the work. And one thing we don't want to get lost is teamwork. Yep. We got to work together. It's the only way we're going to do it. This on the Todd Millionaire podcast, he always says business and wealth are team sports. Wait, did I get yep. that right? Business and investing are team sports. Business and investing are team sports. So we got to come together. You guys, you got to get out there and network meet each other as I'm getting out there and, and meeting people face to face there are more black people out there doing good things than you realize right gotta get out there expose yourself to this. I mean we're not gonna find it standing on the corner if you're standing on the corner you're probably not gonna find the people doing big things so get off the corner start watching rap videos hmm you can't Netflix and chill all day. That's not how we're going to do this. But anyway, we can do it and we can do it together. We have to do it together. And this is Tweet Talk episode 20. Split. And we are out. Yo! Hold on, hold on. Shout out to Sponsor Fam, Erica Classic, Climb Hooded States. Right, 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 Karen, right. Yoma, Trade with Travel. Trade and Travel. 24-7 watches. Mindset Matters Teased, 17 watches, 17th yeah. watches, that is. And yeah. I think I didn't mi miss anybody this time. But shout out to the sponsors, shout out to the partners, shout out to the friends. The dopest thing about having our own media is we get to run our own commercials. So it's one thing to talk about issues that relate to us, but it's also another thing to promote businesses that hire people that look like us and that create wealth for people who look like us. We're going to change the world we're going to create what we want and we're going to do it by creating our own media. 
that shapes the mindset of our people. So shout out to Raphael for this idea. Shout out to him for making this a manifestation and being committed to stay up late. You guys don't realize, but he's on the East Coast and I'm on the West Coast. And so for him, it's like 1 o'clock in the morning, 1.30 in the morning. He's staying up to make sure this happens for you guys. And he's going to edit it and have it out for you in a few hours. So shout out to him. Much respect to him for continuing to drop quality podcasts and content for you people. And I mean, it's not easy. So that's all I got to say. Check out this. Yep. Hey, I linked, I was able to link the store to my actual website. So now if you go to the website, so as I'm driving traffic to the website, the store is there too, which should mm. sales. Yeah. I need more money <laughs> to pay for that's cool, man. And uh, now, now you now you say this. Um, for those of you listening, we are looking for more sponsors and affiliates. Because hit us up on uh, Twitter. DM me on that at Work Money Life on Twitter. Let's talk about sponsorships, partnerships for the Tweet Talk episode. I mean, Tweet yep. Talk podcast. You can hit us up on Instagram at Black Wealth Tweet Talk. Serious inquiries only. DM me about sponsorships, partnerships. Make sure you follow us on, on Twitter at Work Money Life at Todd Billy B I L L I. Lit. On Instagram at Todd Millionaire at Todd Investments at Black Wealth Tweet Talk. At bless a black man. I think that's enough. We got so much stuff going on. So yeah, ten x. Ten x. Do the work. Tweet talk episode twenty. We out. Peace.